He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. To infinity and beyond! No crying? There's no crying in baseball! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Know Your Cinema. This is our second exciting episode. This is actually, what, episode 43? Is that right? That is correct. This is episode 43 in total, but our second episode in our Batman series. We talk a lot about Batman on this podcast in all of our episodes, and if you would like to see some of the other episodes and don't want to just hear about Batman, there are a bunch of other movies that we talk about in our uh, past 42 episodes. Um, Please feel free to check one of those out. Um, We're over 60 movies in total. And uh, that we've reviewed here on the podcast, and I hope that you <clears throat> take the time to listen to one of them. If you if you enjoy it, give us some feedback. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com/slash/kycpodcast, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at kycpodcast. Um, you can also you know reach out to us, give us any feedback, or follow us to stay up to date on all of our information there. Um, I don't want to get too much into anything else um, because after all, we're here to talk Batman and I've been looking forward to this all week. So uh, I really want to get back right into it, but uh, at least want to introduce myself and my hosts. I am Jason Quinn and with me uh, always uh, are my co-hosts, Devin Matthew or Devin Matthew. What I fucked everybody's names up there. I just combined everybody's name. Vivin Matthew. <laughs> Vivin Matthew and Devlin Coleman. I don't know. Thank you, Quinn Styler. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Um, it's it's been quite the day today. I'm. I am in desperate need of talk, just relaxing and talking to Batman. It has been. Just too much of a day for me. Well, so. well, then you are at the right place. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's Batman. Oh fuck! It's a bad man. It's a bad man. Bad man. It's like I felt like I was on such a good run there. Like I was like, I'm crushing this introduction. Uh, and then, nope. <laughs> well, the crazy part was you said it, and then I was trying to compute: is he being serious or is he just gone <laughs> off the rails? Nah, nope, he's, he's gone nah, off the rails. Nah, he shit the bed. He he completely shit the bed on that. Okay, got it. 100%. Well, that's a keeper. That's definitely a keeper. But yeah, no, I mean, by means. <clears throat> but he saved it because we're talking about Batman. That's the right. 1989 Tim Burton classic Batman. This is correct. Well, who wants to take the honors this week? 
Uh, Devlin, I think you might be the one that's closest to this version of the Batman. So why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, so this was like just so epic for me when I was a kid. And I'm, and I'm starting off there because I just fell in love with the Batman character. And I didn't know a lot about the Batman character as a kid. So when I saw this, I was like, man, this is so good. I didn't realize at the time how real dark this this Tim Burton version of Batman was. And for the record, I'm not the the world's biggest Tim Burton fan. Um, but you hate Tim Burton. I hate Tim Burton post Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> so that that for me, I mean, is that's that's it. That's where I Whoa, cut you, you you jumped off the bandwagon like literally he, while he was like ramping up his career, like before you made it into the nineties. You were like, Yep, I'm done. Yeah, I, I cut it I cut it off. I mean, we got Pee Wee's big adventure, we got Batman, we got Beetle Batman Juice. Returns, Beetlejuice. Yep. And you then, don't like and Mars Attacks, really? I don't like what? Mars Attacks. Um, I've only seen it once. So I might have in to technically you do like Batman Returns? I do like Batman Returns, yes. Okay, then it would be post-Batman Returns. Wait, hold on. Have you seen a movie called Ed Wood? Uh, I've seen, I think I've seen like half of it. Okay. I think I turned it off halfway into it because okay. I was, did, did, I was didn't, so didn't not... Work. Yeah, I mean, but then again, this this is from Tim Burton who basically took a perfect movie in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and ruined it. So... I mean, this is. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he has a big fan following. Jason Quinn is a big uh, Tim Burton fan, so I'm not trying to shit on the guy um, as much as possible. This isn't going to be a Tim Burton bashing fest because he did create the, to my, in my opinion, the best version of Batman there is, um, in, in this movie. Um, but yeah, so my. Going back, my my fandom with this movie that started a long time ago. I mean, I had I went out and got the toys. I went out and got, you know, like the sleeping, you know, a blanket and all that stuff. You know, I was uh, Batman crazy as a kid, and I've I've watched this movie probably 50, 60 times, and it just never gets old for me. And I find and see things that are so new in, in this movie, and I love the the world building in this movie because everything seems very modern for the time, but also seems very like Gotham City at the time seems like a place that's stuck in time, if that makes sense. Like the, the architecture, how people dress, all that stuff, how the gangsters look, all that stuff. Um, I love um, Michael Keaton's portrayal of uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman in this movie. Uh, I think Keaton is probably the best Batman that we've had so far. Um, I think that Kim Basinger, at the age of, I think she was like 33 or 35 during the filming of this, it looks fantastic. I think she does a really good job as Vicky Vale. I even like Robert Rule's part in this movie as well. I think that he plays a very like clumsy reporter type that's kind of sarcastic it fits with the robert you know robert rules persona really well but really the the apex of this movie is the performance of jack nicholson as the joker because this is as close to the comic book version 
of the Joker that's ever been put on film. Old as comic as, book What, I'm sorry? Old comic book version. Yeah, the, the original idea of the Joker, because the Joker's been reimagined so much uh, in different, in different uh, variations of Batman that, you know, you could even argue that the Ledger version was a, a perfect portrayal of the darker version of the Joker. But for me, like, when I think... In- I think in some cases you could almost make, do, with some of the modern comics, you could almost make a case that uh, what's-his-face from Suicide Squad had a fully accurate portrayal of the Joker. He just didn't get the correct screen time. <clears throat> just based on comic, on certain comics. Not yeah, saying I, that, I mean, that's I mean, what I, I agree with, but you could because of yeah. how diverse the character is. Yeah, because it's been reimagined and rewritten in so many different ways, but the the majority of the comics that the Joker was in during its, its infancy, this is this is almost the perfect version of that Joker. And Jack Nicholson just absolutely knocks it out of the park with this portrayal of the Joker. And it's such a, if you followed the career of Jack Nicholson, he is a, a very good actor and he has this way about being able to change the, the part that he's in and just like kind of just, adapt to it and and kind of sink into it and be that person so it, it he took this as what it was and and did the the absolute best that he could with it and i really just absolutely love this movie from start to finish um there are things in this movie that really irk me at times like the the joker background story where you know they gave him a name but yes, I also understand that it was a a tribute to Alan Napier, who was the uh, who played Alfred on the '66 Batman. So there's little things in there that are tribute, like when uh, Robert Rule's character goes into the uh, the newsroom and the guy hands him the picture of the bat. That bat was actually re- drawn by Bob Kane. Bob Kane's name's at the bottom of that that drawing. You can see it. So there's little tributes in there, little little things in there that you can catch on to. But overall, this movie is so good; it holds up even today. It still holds up. Um, and this, God, the soundtrack: Danny Elfman and Prince. Are we are we joking here with some of the 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 great music that goes along in this movie? Because it's not just an orchestra type music, but we got some of the Prince uh, themes in there as well that go along with, you know, Prince being, you know, wears a lot of, you know, wore a lot of purple and we got the Joker and we kind of see that and it kind of coincides with everything. It's just a really, really good movie. I got to say that I, I feel like it wasn't bad. The soundtrack was not bad and I'm a huge Danny Elfman fan. So I appreciated the, that, those aspects of it. And I do like Prince, so what I'm about to say is going to sound shitty, but I absolutely still think Seal's uh, Kiss from a Rose is the greatest song out of any Batman movie of all fucking time. That's hilarious. So (laughs) I'm not saying that it is a perfect song, but goddamn, I love that song. (laughs) 
Nice. Continue. <laughs> no, I mean I'm I'm done with my initial review of everything, and so you guys can you know continue on with what you got to say. Well, well, I'll uh, Jason. Do you want to? Take that baton of the music and continue, or do you want sure. me to say I, something? I, 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 it's it's fine. I, I'll I'll uh, I'll go ahead. I'll okay. go ahead. Go go go. I I found myself so again, like you mentioned, I'm a big Tim Burton fan. I'm also a big Batman fan. So you put those two things together, you should get the perfect combination for me, right? Right. However, <laughs> and I loved this movie as a child. I really did so much. But I found myself this time watching it and seeing more of its flaws than the things that it got correct. The Jack Napier thing really pissed me off um, a lot. The fact that the fact that the costume wasn't able to move at all made all of the fight scenes for me seem stiff, almost as like a child would play with an action figure is what it seemed like Batman fought like. So it just felt to me like Batman didn't seem intimidating. I really didn't find Michael Keaton's portrayal of of Bruce Wayne to be all that great, if I'm being honest. I don't really I don't think he did a bad job as Batman, but I still didn't really care for his portrayal of Bruce Wayne. And I feel like there's this weird thing when it comes to playing the the Batman character that I feel like most people either get one or the other right, uh, but almost never both. Uh, my my, <clears throat> the person that I still think could have or should have been the the best Batman, I think nailed both rules uh, pretty well. But I, I still feel like I I don't think that Keaton was a bad Batman by any means. I mean, he was definitely good, but I don't think that I can put him in that spot of being the best Batman, at least not from this movie. I also found that there's being a longtime Tim Burton fan. There's a lot of random Tim Burton shit that I picked up on in this movie. And it, it irritated me more than it was something that I enjoyed because there's a lot of like, he used a lot of miniatures. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but like, Oh yeah. He uses a very, very excessive amount of miniatures in his work. And in some cases that plays out really, really well, but I didn't, I didn't care for it this time around. Like I felt like it, it took me out too much. Like there's a scene where Joker shoots down the bat plane with one bullet which I also thought was kind of bullshit, but he shoots the bat plane down with one bullet and then he crashes the bat plane, but it's so clearly a miniature that it just felt like, uh, like, and I don't know if like, like I watched it in 4k because I was like, maybe I can get like, you know, the best possible viewing experience out of it, you know? And I don't know if it was the, like, the 4k resolution that made it just more apparent to me, or if it was just because I'm older that it's more apparent, but like, it just seemed so fake. And so a lot of the times there was a lot of different things like that, that I was just like, 
Like it just, I don't know. Like it, 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 I didn't have this much issues with like 66 Batman. And I think part of it is because back then they did a lot more practical effects and a lot less of the like work with miniatures and things of that nature. Um, basically if they couldn't do it, then they didn't fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like if they couldn't figure out a way to make it happen on the screen in front of like in normal life, they just wouldn't do it. But there was a lot of like falling animations and stuff that just seemed kind of cheap to me. And I, I think it's cool that <clears throat> looking back, the only thing, the one thing that kind of sticks out to me is like, okay, now I understand why it was that way is when I was looking over it um, and reviewing the, the, the just facts about the movie, it being made on $35 million is really fucking impressive. So <clears throat> when I pull myself back and I start thinking about it in those types of terms, it does make it a lot, lot better of a movie. Because like hell, if you think about it, fucking you couldn't make the opening cinematic of Endgame on thirty-five million dollars. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's that's just not the world we live in anymore. So to see a superhero movie that is really this iconic and does still hold up for the most part to the test of time. Um, you see Jack Nicholas who, or Nicholson, who um, is absolutely incredible as the Joker. <clears throat> and it does really, really do a great job of, of being a Batman movie uh, and, and being accurate towards most of what, what is uh, in the comics, which is, which is awesome. And that only be $35 million to make that movie. It's really fucking impressive. Um, so it's one of those things where I keep kind of going back and forth on it. Like some of the things about it, I'm like, Ooh, I really <laughs> like this. And some of it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I, how I feel about these little aspects. I think overall it's a damn good movie. Um, but and I really like the fact that they don't show Batman's parents dying right in the fucking beginning of the movie. Um, I, I like the fact that it wasn't just an origin story. Like that part of this story, the storytelling, I really, really enjoyed. Like, yes, they still got you there, but it was more of like a mysterious buildup. So if you don't know who Batman is, you're not having to force to sit through the origin story the whole time. But, like, if you do know who Batman is and how he became Batman, you're not, like, being force-fed this story again. You get to find out it as a character finds out. So it doesn't seem as – it seems more like, okay, yes, we're showing it, but because we're showing it because Vicky Vale is finding this out, not because we need the audience to find out. We're showing it because she's finding out. So this is her perspective on it. So I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, well, there was an ode to it in the beginning, like the opening scene. Yeah, is, a, right, is exactly. an ode to it, and and you think what's going to happen because if you know the backstory, you think you know what's going to happen in the beginning, and it doesn't, and it's just kind of an ode, and then you you see exactly what happened later on in the in the movie. So you're like, oh, okay, you piece two to get two and together because it was almost the same exact scenario. Which, by the way, I don't know if anybody caught this, but that little kid in the beginning, his name was Jimmy, and it looked like Jimmy Olsen from Superman. Like he was wearing a bow tie and 
all that up. Oh no, shit! It looks, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think that's ever been brought up. But I, I was like, that looks like Jimmy Olsen, like just the way the kids dress. Well, and that would, that would kind of fit in timeline, right? Wise, because in this movie, it's basically Batman Year One, is what we're watching. Yeah, because he, I mean, it's very much the beginnings of Batman, and. Superman wouldn't have been a big, wouldn't have ex- really existed at this point in time in the mainstays because it, he kind of comes a little bit later as far as the timeline goes because Batman's a little, has already been established technically. Um, so Jimmy Olsen wouldn't be, would be a kid and that would make sense. And he'd be probably about that age. So that might be, you might be onto something. <clears throat> Yeah, it's just something uh, I happen to catch on this time. I like Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen's a badass character. He's actually probably my favorite Superman character. You must have liked what happened to him in Batman v Superman. I don't honestly remember. (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 kind of the point. (laughs) He uh Maybe I should not spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil it there, Viv. I haven't okay. seen it. So. Okay. But Viv, it is your turn to uh, give your opinion on the Tim Burton 1989 Batman. So, as I was watching the movie, a recurring thought just kept popping through my head that I kept trying to squash down. And I, I finally did. But here was the thought. I was like, is the 66 Batman aged better than the 89 Batman and it almost convinced me that it has because and we we already talked about why the 66 Batman works so well is because even then it knew what it was it was a a real goofy ridiculous over the top uh, production so it still is that same thing We, we are not watching anything different from what the intention was at the time when you come to the 89 Batman, it is a dark take on the character. And I understand that it works for the time. But watching the movie, for me, there was so much of it that felt it did not seem to be coming together for me. Um, the The world building is great. When you start out with those extreme wide shots of Gotham City, the... Uh, uh, the illustration work of just how they created that uh, the the sets uh, the production design is fantastic, uh, but once you kind of get more into the city, you start to feel a little bit more claustrophobic, which is which can work, but it just seems like Gotham City is kind of minuscule in the in the movie itself. And again, that could be budgetary reasons. It could also be, you know, eighty nine when the movie was made. Um, I do like the the gothic uh, style and the art deco style kind of infused together. Um, I, I, I want to say that this is almost, I mean, because it's a Tim Burton movie, he's basically made a, this is not a superhero movie. This is a, I would frame it more like a gothic fairy tale. And that would fit right in with uh, uh, Tim Burton's um how he likes to tell stories. And this is something that uh, I'm going to kind of keep going with how each of the filmmakers frame Batman in different ways. So for Tim Burton, he's very much taking almost like a fairy tale approach to Gotham city and the characters. 
Speaking of characters, Batman felt a little thin in this movie in the sense that he didn't seem like a flushed out character. Uh, and maybe the part of that would have been just trying to keep him mysterious. That could be it. Um, and even though I know the origins of Batman, because this is the first Batman movie, not having that up front almost does a disservice to the movie because you're just kind of not quite sure if you if you care about following that character. Now, Joker, on the other hand, you get his origins right at the beginning, no matter whether that's how true it is to the comic or not. And Jack Nicholson's yeah, Jack Nicholson essentially then steals the movie and he becomes it, this should have been just called the Joker. Um, it, it really becomes his movie in some sense. And and you have Michael Keaton's Batman almost like the side character. And even as yeah. I was watching this movie, I realized that growing up, I actually used to stay away from this Batman. I always ended up watching Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. This is before the whole Nolan movies came out. And I'm not saying those are better. I'm just saying that that's what I gravitated towards as a kid. Um, because I think I watched the animated series and then I got to the live action movies and the Forever and Batman Robin seemed more modern, I guess, or more stylized. So my from my kid's perspective, that seemed to be more advanced versus... Uh, the 89 Batman seemed crude to me. It just didn't seem that put together. And I can see, um, yeah, Keaton's costume is a problem. And it is. And he, you're right. His performance is good. It is good as Bruce Wayne. It is good as Batman. Do I prefer it? No. But it is. he does a good job with what he's given. I think he could have done a lot more if there was more given to him from the script. And I, and I think part of that has to do with them scoring Jack Nicholson really kind of shifted the balance of where the focus was going to be uh, in the movie. Well, let's, but, let's talk about them scoring Jack Nicholson. So I, I read something that kind of, kind of irked me, but I would have loved to have seen this variation of the Joker. Okay. So Robin Williams was actually approached. Jack Nicholson was approached first and uh -huh. re rejected the role. Oh. And then they approached Robin Williams to portray the Joker. And that in turn made Jack Nicholson become decided to jump on board here. And that really pissed Robin Williams off. So he refused to work for Warner Brothers until they issued him an apology. And then Jack Nicholson ended up getting like a part of the residuals from the from the movie, so he ended up making like sixty million dollars. Yeah, he had a huge payday. It's huge even by today's standards. Yeah, absolutely. So huge, humongous. Payday. I, I I I sat and I thought about after I read that I was like, what would Robin Williams's portrayal of Joker look like? Especially at that stage of his career. Correct. Oh, a young Correct. Robin Williams as the Joker? Yeah. My God. <clears throat> and I, I, I could have been, well, that it was very, he's so fucking talented. Too. Yeah, I, I thought it was very slimy of the studio to use Robin Williams' bait 
as he so well as he so well put it. Yeah. Um, I did not know that. That almost makes me sad because I know that's. Uh, I don't know. It's been thinking about Brown Williams because it's the seven years anniversary since his passing. So today, uh, I think it's today. Today or yesterday was yeah the seven seven year passing, six or seven years. So, yeah, I it's that's that's crazy that uh, I did not know that backstory. Um. Yeah, yeah, Robin Williams low key kind of gets fucked around a lot by a lot of studios. There's a lot of stories out there of Robin Williams getting dicked around by like studios like Disney and apparently Warner Brothers. And, Actually, it's Robin Williams' uh, birthday of... today. Oh, is it his birthday? Uh, my apologies. No, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was like, I, 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 I kept seeing quotes from him, so I was like, oh man, it was like completely getting me back at that feeling. So I was, uh, I, I thought it was the passing. Okay. But that makes sense. Um, Continue. It, sorry. Didn't yeah. No. 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 That's actually a really good tidbit. I did not know about. Um, so a couple of other things that I wanted to kind of touch base here on. Uh, Tim Burton. I think having said all this about the movie, I still think it is a seminal film, um, and you cannot really have had a better director to launch the series or bring superheroes into the modern age because I do believe this Batman started the whole superhero phenomenon and the ability to go in directions that was never thought of by the studio this Batman this this particular incarnation of Batman uh, I believe it was almost a 10 year journey to get it to the screen from 1980, they were working on to get this movie to the screen. So when they finally got into it, and they suddenly realized what the appetite was for the audience for this kind of uh, adult material, uh, that I think instigated what subsequently the next couple of decades would be a a result of this movie. I, I know there are other players also in there as far as other movies that I mean we can obviously talk about Richard Donner's Superman. You have Blade, you have other movies that come subsequently. All of that is obviously also uh, part of the uh, the history. But I think this is a keystone, uh, this, uh, uh, this Batman. And uh, so I don't want to take any of that away while I am being critical of it. Because f- just for me that it does not stand up to the test of time. And mainly because I came into the, the Batman lore after... Um, after uh, after uh, well into the 90s. So uh, maybe that also could be the reason why I don't have a special attachment to it. So I see kind of all the, uh, uh, I kind of see all the movie trickery. I see all of the, um, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's almost like the puppet show and you're watching all the threads. So you're like, ah, oh, okay, I see that. I see this, I see that. And that is maybe just a fault of mine and not of the movie, but, it just, I had a struggle with the movie, a good chunk of it, where I'm trying to buy what the movie's trying to uh, sell me on or trying to kind of have me believe in. And I had a hard time believing and going there with the movie. Um, again, that's not a takeaway from the accomplishments of the movie and Tim Burton's style. Uh, the action, it's, 
it's 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 not good in this movie. <laughs> the uh, some of the you know, worst action sequences um, in any kind of superhero movie, I think. Um, but again, limitations of the costume, limitations of the time, and also I don't think Tim Burns is a great action director. He's uh, he, give him a great surreal dreamscape. Some, you know, give him some uh, some material with uh, with uh, with central characters who are lonely and strange. Which, you know, Batman fits that perfectly. It also kind of fits if you think about Edward Scissorhands or any of his other characters. They all have that trait. So I can see why Burton was drawn to this character and why he was ideal in bringing him to the screen. Um, so the strengths are there, but the weaknesses are definitely showing uh, as the, as time goes on. That's where well, I'll leave it. Well, I do want to counterpoint the, the action sequences, not to sit here and just make it a, you know, a love fest of this movie, but the, the action sequences in, th- in theory, think of it in terms like this, that Burton was trying to make, uh, he's trying to make a very dark movie, of course, but he was also trying to keep it um, as comic book as he could um, and keep the action sequences without making like the boom and the pow things on the on the on the screen. So there there are very few action scenes in regards to like, uh, you know, the 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 the, uh, the museum scene. There's not really a big action scene there other than the car chase. So he's really trying to introduce, you know, a little comic book element to it where there are in comic books, especially in Batman, there there are fight scenes, but there's not really like these huge scenes and, and, and choreographed, you know, uh, stunt scenes like we see in modern uh, Batman films. Yeah. But, but I also want to to say that, um, you know, he it, it's like the end scene. The end scene is very un... Uh, on like now modern day movies, we always had like that big fight scene between the, the, the hero and the villain at the end. And in yeah. this one we get the Joker's always been kind of like that. He's uh he's more of a, uh, uh, a cerebral uh, villain, but at the same time getting his jokes in like, and I love that at the end where um, Joker is just getting pummeled. Like, and he's like, uh, you know, uh, spits out like the fake teeth. And then um, he puts the glasses on. Like that's just something the Joker would do, just to be be funny in that sequence while he's getting his his, his butt whooped because he'd be telling jokes. Um, so I mean, it is it is a lot of comic book, and so I'm just trying to I'm, I want to defend it as much as I can, and I understand your your eyesight on it. So I just kind of want to point that out to you. That's that's absolutely fair, and. Uh... One thing that I have to give Burton on is he is um, so great at creating striking images. Uh, So like uh, Batman entering into the building uh, in the museum or the the Batmobile when you see it for the first time uh, or the look of the city, it leaves an impression in your mind uh, along with... Danny Elfman, just uh, iconic score. They meld together and just fuses into your mind. So I don't want to take any of that away from him. Uh, it might be just that when it comes to, when it go beyond just the iconography and into the actual, because cinema is movement, 
you then it starts to kind of uh, it falls apart a little bit when you try to get those things in movement and try to see you know see see those things in action then you're suddenly like oh kind of seeing the 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 creation aspect of it and not the i'm not for, i'm i'm not i'm not able to kind of get into the world i'm just admiring the world and i'm seeing the construction of it so maybe and that also again has to probably do with being so far away uh from when it was created another thing i would say about this movie compared to all the other superhero movies is this kind of batman movie would almost never get made now it just is still so singular compared to all the superhero movies that's come out in the last 20 years because by now you have established formulas you have you have superheroes who look a certain way everybody has to have a six pack everybody has to look exactly like this so you can't get burton basically going i just want somebody who's just a little off kilter who's a little you know who you would not traditionally think of as bruce wayne and batman like i don't think michael keaton would be an obvious choice for batman and bruce wayne uh and he still doesn't completely meld into my mind as bruce wayne and batman but his performance does sell it so i i see why burton uh, gravitated towards keaton even when i know at that time there was the equivalent of uh, you know the internet trolls and <laughs> you know crying over keaton's uh keaton being cast as batman because they did not see it but obviously tim burton did and right. i think he is right you know you do have to have somebody like burton who has an odd sensibility and who has a unique perspective and a unique mm-hmm. vision to come in there and say you know i know all of you know who you think batman is but i see a specific way and 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 somebody was smart enough to say all right you go with it we need your version of batman to see you know that's that's where we need to start well i mean and and i'm not trying to do this to to shit on christian bale i'm not trying to defend burton's choice as uh, for for bruce wayne Sure. Uh, but you know Christian Bale's not the the most the eye test of Christian Bale without you know just wearing pants and no shirt doesn't look like the Batman of in our minds as we see Batman being a tall very muscular kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So you know other guys have fit into that scenario, like you know uh, Val Kilmer was probably <coughs> the right <coughs> size as far as Batman goes, or. Um, even Ben Affleck, the right size as far as, as he goes. Calm down, there, Jason. Before you get <laughs> your nuts in a bunch, calm down. But I, I'm just saying. So the so the uh, the eye test is there. The eye, the eye test isn't there when you look at. I was about to say uh, as, as Bruce Wayne and Batman. It's not particularly there when you see him. But when you you think of, I th- when I think about the characters of Bruce Wayne and Batman, you have to you're portraying two different individuals and so when i when i see keaton's batman and and i'm like okay that's a great version of batman he had you know of course he had problems with you know the suit every and everybody who portrayed batman back in the day said that that suit was just like you know 50 pounds of like rubber and it was just so terrible to work in and even even keaton said he got claustrophobic and it actually helped him portray the batman character a lot better whereas you know uh, then being Bruce Wayne, he has to be kind of like this mysterious, uh, suave uh, playboy. 
but also kind of funny too in a way that he 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 put a little uh, a different swing on that Bruce Wayne character as well. Um, but he's also still a jerk. Like I mean, he does at parts treat Vicky Vale like crap in this movie. Um, I, I didn't notice that. I wanted to bring so, that up. But that but that's part of the but again that's part of the Bruce Wayne character just think thinking more in the lines of he he he's Batman and he has to kind of keep keep things close to the chest. And yeah. then of course Alfred being Alfred just brings Vicky Vale into the Batcave and I'm like what the fuck is going on here? What Get, get, Alfred get, just betraying his trust. I'm like, Alfred's gone. Yes, yeah, I was like, whoa, Alfred, whoa. Oh, my man. Don't, don't you don't you say a bad thing about Alfred. Don't you do oh, it. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I mean, uh, look, all due respect to, is his name Michael Gao? Uh, my man sometimes wants to, <laughs> uh, that, that, the party scene where, where he interrupts Bruce Wayne and goes, there's this thing going down. <laughs> And it's like, I think you want to use that door. No, 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 the other door. I'm like, all right, try, try not, try to be a little less on the nose. No, he says perhaps this way, sir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he's he's good. He's good. I just, I just had a little tickle at that moment when uh, he almost started to. He, it, it all, he almost started flirting with this kind of, um, just playing it almost for the laughs. Where it's like. The other door, huh? Well, no, like, I mean, <laughs> honestly, it, it, it illustrates <laughs> it illustrates the what Alfred has always done for Bruce. He's always had to clean up his messes or pick up after him or have his back in a certain way. Yeah. So, like, when he's following him around and he's picking up the champagne bottle because it's going to fall off the table or the pen behind him, he's always had to do that for him. So, it's very visually saying a lot of things without actually having to like give you that backstory of Alfred. Yes. Can I say a scene that I really loved? And this goes along with what you said with uh, Alfred was on the first date with Vicky Vale. They are in that big old room um, with that giant ass table. Uh, I think that was a, maybe a, a nod to citizen Kane, but they're sitting and having the soup uh, strange choice for dinner and uh, and then finally Bruce says I've actually never been in this room and then they retire to that uh, it looks like it's the kitchen and they're sitting with Alfred I thought that scene was just really well done and it, it, it felt real and you really got to see uh, the relationship of Batman and sorry Batman uh, Bruce Wayne uh, Bruce Wayne and Alfred and it was tender it was it was just the right amount of empathy and you just really suddenly connected with the characters right there so i i thought i i do see what you mean by this movie kind of taking that extra step and showing how alfred kind of has to keep everything together while this in some sense a man child Mm -hmm. is you know is uh basically using the excess funds that he has and and dressing up as a giant rodent rodent and and beating people up in the the middle of the night right you just try to pronounce rodent exactly how it's spelled rodent (laughs) rodent 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 But no, I, and I, that scene for me, like as an adult looking back on it, is like, okay, so he shows this very beautiful woman his big house, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna eat dinner at this table, and then he's like, do you think I've got her hook, line, and sinker? 
I can just take her into the kitchen and we can have dinner with Alfred. That's right. I can put my I can take the facade off of Bruce Wayne. I can be I can I can be Bruce just for just for a couple hours. If <clears throat> it was kind of like a, I don't know. It felt like it really was like it. It felt a little bit like he was trying to flex at at first, but then it almost felt like like it was definitely like like the 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 biggest flex wasn't the room. When he says, "I don't even," think I, I don't even think initially. that was the biggest flex. I think the biggest that, flex is when like he I've never seen a single person in my he was life like, flex that. Hard. That's Japanese, and they're like, well, "How do you know that?" And he's like, "Well, I bought it in Japan." Pie Bruce Wayne. That that was uh, that was uh, probably one of the great comebacks. <laughs> and then and at the end, he's like, "Give Knox a grant." Like, there's yeah, just, oh, just so little good. little little tongue in cheek humor there. So, um. Yeah, I I thought you know, like I said with Keaton, I think that again the the eye test isn't there, you know, in that time frame of you know eighties uh, movie stars. I, I the Alfred eye test is there. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, if you think about the eighties, the Alfred eye test stars is back there. Then, you could have gotten Let's to be play Bruce Wayne and Batman. There's a very short list of of individuals that were in the right age frame um, that could look the part, and I think because Burton had worked with Keaton in Beetlejuice, that he was very comfortable with him and understood his acting chops and how he could portray a character. And in this case, portraying two characters, so I think that he might, it might have been you know the right choice in Burton's mind for that. And to me, like it, it works. It, I'm not saying it's the it's the the knockout. I haven't seen. I can't say for sure because I've not seen the Ben Affleck version of Bruce Wayne Batman. That could be the one for me. Jason's given it high praise, but I'm for you know for me like that is what I think of when I think of Bruce Wayne Batman on on live action movies. Not saying Christian Bale did a terrible job. I think that his Batman sometimes got a little very. Like he he took a little leeway with some of the the dialogue there, and had the voice and changing it up. But I look at it, and that's how I look at it in that perspective. I I think you know. I, I really Do you know who was cat who was almost it. cast in this role? Like who was considered to be Keaton's to to be Batman in this movie? So. I'm gonna read you the names, Remember, right? Oh yeah, now, now I'm reading it. These are fucking bizarre. <laughs> so Mel in his prime, yeah, that would be that'd be okay. So Mel Gibson, right? I can see that. Okay, uh, I don't think you'd be. Yeah, uh, Kevin Costner also yeah, makes I don't sense. Know if done. Uh, Charlie Sheen would have been a weird fucking Batman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tom Selleck. Yeah. So we assume that Tom Romero. would have shaved his mustache. Wouldn't it right? Wouldn't it looked right? But I doubt it. Then we get Bill the Joker, Murray. maybe. Okay. What a fucking weird Batman that would have been. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, they wanted Bill Murray to be Batman. And guess who they wanted to be Robin? 
Guess. Ooh. Give me any name. Uh, give me any name. And you're wrong. Eddie Murphy. They wanted Eddie Murphy to be Robin. <clears throat> because what the fuck would that have been like? Can you imagine way off the Bill rails. Murray as Batman and Eddie Murphy as Robin? What the well, fuck it would, would have been one for the What the I, fuck I, I would that movie like have been? I Holy almost would accept Eddie Murphy as Robin and Batman and Robin. <laughs> well, I, if you had that cast of Bill Murray and yeah, Eddie Murphy, that. it would automatically become a sequel to the 66 <laughs> Batman. I mean, there's no other direction to go with that movie. I mean, well, and they also William wanted to cast. He also wanted sense. to cast Willem Dafoe yes. as Batman and Harrison Ford and Dennis Quaid. Uh, so those, I think. Well, I don't know. Willem Dafoe back then, maybe I don't know. But like Willem Dafoe now, I would love to see Willem Dafoe play Joker nowadays because, like the modern day right. video game version right. of, of Joker basically looks like Willem Dafoe in face paint. <clears throat> so I would love to see that. And that guy's just, I don't know, there's something about Willem Dafoe that is like, I find him to be so incredibly intriguing and brilliant and frightening all in the same just breath there. He is. He is just amazingly weird as fuck. Ooh, that's a, they also that's a they also thought about Tim Curry Bowie, and David Bowie, Bowie for, sure. for the record. Bowie right here in the labyrinth. I've always been terrified of David Bowie in the labyrinth. The fact that he felt like he could do a better a better cry than a baby. It just that, that dude. I didn't even know that dude was a singer. Like and my mom. Had that's the part about like David Bowie, famous that's rock good. singer. And I'm like, this dude frightens me as a child. Like just his look. He had like the big '80s hair. Like it's just so scary. Like his face just frightens the shit out of me. I'm, I'm picturing it in my mind right now. Yeah, it is pretty freaky. Yeah. See, <laughs> see, Vivian. Yeah, rock yourself to sleep tonight with that. Uh. Well, I mean, you know, he would have made a very interesting Joker. I, I will say that. A British Joker. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been weird. But, um... Maybe maybe he could have been the villain. Then if they were making, like, like Gaslight Batman Joker, movie, that could have been, been okay. Joker. That would have been interesting. The steampunk, the steampunk Batman. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice way of putting it. Steampunk Batman. That's what I thought of the first time I seen it. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. That's I. I... He looks like Night Owl from Watchmen. That's how bad they, it is. They could be going that way. You don't know. I mean, that exists. I mean, yeah, we, we could be. But it looks. I mean, it could be that. But what I'm saying is, is it could be. They might go that <laughs> route. We don't know. We don't well, know gentlemen, what the fuck's let's going talk on. about it. Technically, would be canon, so movie. let's go for it. I mean, fuck. You go first, sir. Oh, I have to go first. All right, I went first to my review. Vivian, All right, you Jason, go you go first. 
Okay. Uh, favorite scene in this movie? Um, I think my favorite scene in this movie is, I think it shows like the eternal struggle the most in this movie, uh, is the scene where Joker and all the mimes yes. are on the steps of, I assume that's a courthouse. Um, and then Joker just starts shooting people. That scene and like Bruce is there and like he wants to go after him, but he knows he's not, he's in plain clothes. And like that whole back and forth situation that you can see that struggle between him, like that internal struggle. I think that scene is the one that I feel like Keaton does the best in, in this entire movie, because I truly felt that struggle of like, I really need to go after this dude but I'm also in plain clothes, but that dude just killed a dude and that's not okay in my book. Like I need to stop this, but I can't. And then nobody can know about me, but I need to do something. And like that whole thing really kind of just, I don't know that, that thing. I really, I really liked that scene, particularly for Keaton's performance. uh, I think that's about the part where I started to finally get into the movie again. Uh, I was struggling with it. I think, Till about that moment. Uh, mine, I'm going to go with, this happens later on at Vicky Vale's apartment where Bruce Wayne is already there and then uh, and obviously... Keaton does, the, Keaton does the Beetlejuice voice? <laughs> yeah, and he's trying to explain that he is Batman but he just can't get himself to say it and then Joker crashes the party and that that sequence and then him ending it with, uh, want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Uh, Keaton's really taking this into a different direction, eh? Uh, and um, but but I enjoyed that scene. It um, uh, it it's it, it, all the actors, well, Nicholson and Keaton especially. They really are kind of really hitting their stride, especially in that scene. And Keaton really gets that moment to kind of really kind of go for it. Uh, I, I think a lot of the movie. Uh, and it, it's a real testament to Keaton uh, with all the limitations that the bad suit um, had on him as a performer. Just I can only imagine as a performer how much that suit was limiting what he could do and what, how, you know, a lot of this physicality and how he expresses himself, I'm sure, was a real struggle. And so scenes like that when it come about, he can really kind of chew into and um, you can tell how good of an actor he is. So I, I really enjoyed that scene. Um, I really feel bad that I did not have a scene that had actually Batman in it. But for me, it was uh, the the Bruce Wayne scene that stuck out for me. To me, I think I think Batman. I think playing Batman's easy. In a sense, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I, with that. I think the struggle comes with playing Bruce. Yeah, Wayne. Uh, I think if you. I mean, how hard is it to kick ass? You know what I mean? Like, how hard is it to be the baddest motherfucker in the room when everybody, as soon as somebody sees you, they already assume that that's who you are. So you don't really have to, like, there's not a lot of struggle for you. Like, if you watch Parks and Rec, there's a scene where, uh, there's an episode where, what's his face? I can't think of what his name is, but he's in a bat suit. He looks badass in a bat suit. 
And even like he's the wimpiest oh, oh, character Scott in the entire Cat. fucking show. Scott, I don't know right? what the hell his name is, but it's Leslie. I, I forget his name in the uh, show. Man in the show. He's in a bat suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he looks badass as Batman. So, like, if you put him in that bat suit in that particular scene, and then somebody attacked, and then he started fighting them. I'd be like, all right, I'm feeling it. Like, he's Batman. Like, when you put on that cape and cowl, there's a certain level of respect that that we as audience members automatically give you. So, to me, it's really easy to play that part, but getting that ratio See, but that's where I and feel understanding of how Bruce Wayne works as a character. <laughs> anyway, is, uh, <laughs> is where... and, and uh, I know I'm going against the grade. I'm saying this um, as far as popular opinion. I, where I feel Bale's portrayal of Batman is mine, what fits for me because he, that, that growl and that, what turns out to be so irritating for everybody, I was like, oh, that is somebody who is going to dress up like a bat and who is acting like a creature or a, or a beast. I mean that he, that human would react like that. I, I think Bale was trying to figure out what who would do something like this, and I and I think that response of when you put a creature costume, you just want to just kind of get bring that inner beast out of you, and especially begins. I think highlights this. It kind of doesn't work as well in uh, Dark Knight and Rises to the level because begins really is in some sense framed as a monster movie and you can uh, and and begins you can see that bale's performance sings very well sinks very well with uh, what noel was trying to create as far as uh, a a movie where a story where you have a gotham is just a regular city and you have the criminals kind of suddenly going well what is this person or creature they don't even know what to call it dressing up as a bat and terrorizing people in the middle of the night you know it seems so foreign versus in in burden's batman the whole universe the whole world of gotham uh and for what we can tell everything beyond it is already very otherworldly very expressionistic very dreamlike very um gothic fantasy and so batman almost becomes like just another addition to an already uh already uh helter skelter universe so i I think that's where i i felt like bale's performance works for me because he is kind of leaning in into that almost nuts uh of it it would be nuts for somebody to dress up as batman and run around on rooftops but somehow, some way, every self-respecting man in America, <laughs> if they had the money that Bruce Wayne has, would fucking try it. Which is why I am so disappointed in every single rich person, period, and primarily Elon Musk, because oh, I feel what? like As he is the one person like, crazy Elon enough Musk. to you, do Are it. you pointing your finger at and Elon he Musk? Still has he even has a car company. He even has a car company. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He, he could be green Batman. He even all has fucking a spaceship day. company. Come on. And that's not what we're getting. Right? I mean, he's got and he you know what? You know what? Maybe, and maybe this is just this is this could be it. Maybe the reason why he's going to build he's building a car company and a space company is because we, he's yes, secretly are, trying are, to be Batman. We won't say anymore. And if that is Continue. the case. Then, Mr. Musk, I apologize. <laughs> Continue on your work. But if not, get to work on being Batman. Like, that should always be your goal. Like, yes. If you make that much money and your goal is not, I should your, become Batman, then you're really fucking you up. your priorities wrong. Understanding how capitalism is supposed first. to work. It's be Batman. Like, that's the whole prize. Thank you. Amen. Oh my God. I don't understand why. Like, like if capitalism had a victory prize, it would be uh, be Batman. All right, good. I have no idea. Uh, 89 Batman? Assholes. All right. And now back what to we're the talking rescheduled about? program. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so I guess it's my turn for my favorite scene. And I mentioned it earlier. It is the scene where Joker and Batman are on the cathedral roof and are in the bell tower. And Batman is beating the shit out of the Joker. And the, the, the thing about the Joker character is that he's always psychotic, but he has moments of normalcy. And in that scene, he has a couple moments of normalcy, and it's right back to being the Joker. So, like, he he gets punched and then or thrown into the, the bell, and then he says, uh, you killed my parents. And he says, oh, I was a kid when I killed your parents. And he punches him and throws him through the wall again, and he comes out and spits those teeth out. and <laughs> He's still talking, and he's got moments of normalcy, and then he's like, you wouldn't hit a man with glasses on, would you? And he just punches him over top of him. <laughs> So, like, I love that scene because it illustrates exactly how the Joker character <laughs> in the comics was portrayed. And it's not, like I said, it's not an eventful fight scene other than Batman beating up the goons and then getting to the Joker, which has always been the, you know, the catalyst for what, what the Joker does to Batman. So I, I really appreciate what they were, what Burton did in that scene in illustrating the exact joker aspect of things how he's always crazy but every once in a while there's those moments of normalcy uh fun fact i think it was burton i don't know if nicholson also went they went to see a production of was it phantom of the opera or beauty and the beast and then they saw the bell tower scene and they're like oh that's what the ending of the movie should be and nicholson was like yeah let's do that <laughs> so it works. Uh, again, um, fighting's aside. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. It, it's there's actually. I mean, they recreated um, it again. You in will Dark see a Knight. lot of, uh, uh, let's say, homages to this movie. I, I see different versions of this in the Dark Knight. Actually. Um. Yeah. Um. I I, I do agree with that. Favorite quotes, gentlemen? 
Viv? Uh, can it be anything other than I'm Batman? I mean, you can make it whatever you want. This is what the whole point of the scene is. Well, let's start there. We'll start with the easy okay. one. I, it's so iconic. And uh, I had to give it to him because this was the first one that I ever did it. So, you know, I'm I'm Batman is is a good place to start. Okay. Jason? Jason, did your phone time out again, buddy? <laughs> Got to talking for so long about Elon Musk that your phone timed out? I just, no, I, I go, I went off, I was... Tweeting, you mean? I was emailing tweeting? Mr. Musk and being like, where are we at on the Batman? Um, <clears throat> I, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're a TikTok star. No, I have his Sorry. personal email. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm literally super famous, so don't worry about it. Um, but enough about my fame. Um, my favorite quote in this movie is the Joker quote. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? I, uh, I've always liked that quote. So I think it's a cool quote. Mine is when you first see uh, the Joker when he shoots... Um, oh God, I can't grist him. And it says, uh, and he comes into the light and he says, you can call me Joker. And as you can see, I'm a lot happier. <laughs> That's a good one. I really like, uh, one thing that I did like a lot about this movie is we were sitting there, Skyland and I were talking about it as we were watching it. A lot of the the spots where the Joker takes over the news broadcasts, and those were fucking brilliantly dark and twisted, and I think they're the best parts of this movie. Like they're just so, like if you can just put yourself in like for just a second, imagine you're watching the fucking news, and then that shit pops on. Well, that would there's be a, there's so a very adult fucking terrifying. Says, uh, hair color. If something so like that happened in your real life, notes for sure. What? <laughs> wow. That is a super adult and super dark line. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. When it comes to those, uh, where he basically yeah. hijacks the the news broadcast. It is as good as anything else that's been done. Uh, yeah, it, it's it still it still packs a punch for sure. So twisted, so twisted, and uh, I, I mean, I, I I know that um, so much. So. A couple of the comics. Uh, I'm trying to remember if Dark Knight Returns. I know Dark Knight Returns has a lot of uh Gotham reporters and panelists kind of talking back and forth as part of the narrative. I'm trying to remember if there's ever Joker making a, an entrance into that. Do you do you remember uh Devlin? I it's been a while since I've read it. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. It's okay. Well gentlemen, let's move yeah, on no to idea. ratings. I've I've read it. Uh, I'll go first. I was here too. That way, uh, yeah. Do you want to give a performance here, or oh, is it per- oh, I'm sorry. This good performance. Performances. Performance. 
No performances. I mean, I mean, think I don't think that there's going to be a consensus here. I think. Are we just so, writing that one off? We just kind of uh, all know. I'll go, what we all go first. With on this Joker. Jack Nicholson as a Joker. Um, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, it's uh, Jack Nicholson with the Joker. Shot uh, surprisingly, I'm going to go with Jack Nicholson. Um, as I don't Joker. think we'll ever so I, Wow, just, we uh, just move on. A lot of argument <laughs> in that one. Right. Yeah, I don't think there's any point in continuing All right. to just try to fight Let's this move out. on to ratings now. Too much blood has already been I'll, shed. I'll go first again. So I'm going to give this Batman a 9.5. All right. Um, I'll go next. I will give this a 7. I'm gonna give it a seven too. I think uh, I, I think a lot of mine. I, I've been going back and forth in seven and seven five, but I think that's where I'm where it sits in the history of Batman. It, it is a big part of what what came after was made possible by this one. So because of the legacy, I just have to give it a good rating, even if the movie itself is not something that works for me at every level. And if I mean, if anybody out there listening is wondering why I gave it a nine five and not a ten, um, like Jason, I'm super irked at the the Jack Napier giving him a name uh, aspect of things and kind of a sort of background story and making him the person that killed Bruce's parents. I can understand why they did it, but I'm I'm very I'm kind of a purist when it comes to things like that. So I wish they would have done it a different way. So what do you think it robs of the character by by giving him because the Joker because the Joker technically like in in the Nolan version, the Joker doesn't really have a backstory. There is no there is no fingerprints. There all his clothes are custom made, as they say in the Nolan version. The Joker is a mystery, kind of just pops up, and then in the Killing Joke, we get a we we kind of get a we get a background story. Yeah, we get a background he's, story in the Killing Joke. But he's it's, the, not really, he's the it's not hint of a hint, canon, so to speak. So, it's not really, it's not. There's not really a backstory of the Joker. Yeah, I, I always felt like that was might have been the most terrifying part of the Joker is that you can't, there is no way. To, like when you know someone's backstory, you can almost explain away his behavior or his actions. But when you can't pinpoint his origin or or what he is that suddenly becomes so terrifying. And I think that's what, and maybe that's what's kind of irking about giving him such a solid backstory. Yeah, and like I said, that's the, the only thing. It, like I said, I think, Jason, they just, they just used it to and, tie and it in. And I feel like it's a weak one for him. Yeah. To this Bruce Wayne character. They just used it to tie it in, just, and that way the audience could make sense as to why as to why Bruce does what he does and this is the guy that he needs to to avenge his parents' death and maybe this will stop him from continuing on as Batman because he's 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 done what he needed to do. Right. Yeah, it, it almost was a convenient plot device. That yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And and that's that's my I've always harped on that. 
um, ever since I found out that how the Joker's origins were. I've always harped on that. I've always that always left a bad taste in my mouth. So I completely sure. have to give that a, 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 a at least a point five off of the the the, the movie scale for me. Uh, again, uh, you know, and the reason it, it it's it, it's what I grew up with. It's what I I love this Batman. I really do. I love the even the next Batman too. And I and I have appreciations for the other the other ones that come along and even into the Nolan stuff. So we're we're all going to get to yeah. see the rings as much as I love Batman. So. And I think that might be the beautiful thing, like the next few Batmans that are coming out and whoever plays the next Batman, what we know, Robert Pattinson is playing the next one. There's going to be a generation of kids for them that is going to be Batman, right? And uh, in 20 years from now, they're going to watch the Dark Knight series and crap all over it. Like, I, yeah, that's, you know, Batman. it's, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the payment. <laughs> I do. I do. It, it just depends, you know. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I didn't. I didn't. Did I say anything about Ledger's performance? I said crap. All over I don't think you can crap all over I'm Ledger's saying, performance out there in is the Dark Knight. I don't think. That's... Oh yeah. Well, no. There's always that somebody. That's for sure. There's somebody crapping over Godfather. So it's that. That's that's about to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, I think that uh, we've done Batman Justice. A Justice League. No, just Justice. Just Justice. Okay. Just Justice. <laughs> okay. We're not the Justice League yet. When we get there, maybe I'll I'll, I'll throw that pun in there. Oh, um, that's a good question. In the Justice League, who would we each of us be? Oh, jeez, that's a question for that's a question for that movie, sir. But I think it's time to move on to segment two. Okay, fine. All right, <laughs> folks. We will be right back. Clearly, I'm segment two. <clears throat> Welcome back to segment two of Know Your Cinema Podcast. This is normally where we ask three questions to each other about a variety of different things uh, involving movies or something that might be on a personal matter. But for the next few episodes, we're going to be asking questions involving Batman. So this week, we have all come to an agreement that we're going to talk about what is our favorite Batman vehicle. And so to turn that over, let me get to Jason Quinn with his answer, and then we will all discuss it further. Uh, fun fact, as you were counting down to, in, to start this segment, I almost, as soon as you like finished the countdown, just shouted out what my favorite Batman, Batman vehicle was, uh, just, as, just to get in there quickly. Um, because I honestly don't see how it could not be the same for everybody because it's clearly the best one. Uh, the Batmobile is the best Batman vehicle just because, like, you can have Batman without every other thing. Mm -hmm. But without the Batmobile, it's like, eh, is it, you know? And well, particularly, I mean, a contrast to that could be the bat wing because bats fly. So, right, and you know what? And every single time, like when I was growing up, I always wanted to drive the Batmobile. Like, who the fuck wanted to fly? Like, the bat wing's kind of cool, but like, let's be honest, 
the Batmobile is fucking the shit. And it's particularly the Batmobile from this movie, the 1989 version, which in my opinion, uh, I think they carried this Batmobile through the rest of the movies, if I'm not mistaken. They, uh, they, 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 they vary it. It gets like upgrades and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it keeps going till the uh, there ends up being a disco ball uh, in the front of the Batmobile in Batman and Robin. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's like, you know, like a bunch of dildos and bad nipples. Uh, oh yeah, God! The uh, the Batmobile in this in this one, and I also like the one where they do add some of the LED like lights to it. To make it look cool. This version of Batmobile is way cooler than the Tumblr. Where they have the bat symbols and the tires. Yeah, those are kind of cool. Like, it's way better than the bat credit card. Um, like, if they would have stuck to just adding the bat symbols to their wheels, which those are fucking cool to me. Like, I think that's badass. Like, yeah, I'm I sure want if that MasterCard Batmobile. said, Jason, will give you a bat credit card, you'd take it. I'm not saying that I wouldn't want a bat credit card. What I'm saying <laughs> is that fucking Batman shouldn't have a fucking bat credit card. I know what That's you're saying. Right. I'm just I'm making I'm making a joke. <laughs> I can't wait to shoot on that movie so hard. You never know, man. It. You might you might watch it again and be like, God, I, I hate this movie, but man, was it fun. <laughs> I watched it like like a year ago and I Oh, okay. I had that exact <laughs> I did have that exact kind of situation where I had more fun laughing about how over the top and ridiculous it was. Yeah, kid friendly. But we're we're we are off topic again, so we're talking about yeah. But anyway, Batmobile is it? It is the best. It is the best. So, so to be clear, you like the 1989 Batman Batmobile, right? This this well, I mean, this version of it, like as it continues on in this series of movies. I like it much better than like the Tumblr or the 66 Batman or even like the animated series ones. I really, really like this version of it. I mean, it has some slight modifications throughout the rest of the movies, but this version is... The animated series is very close to the 89. It is, but it's still... I think it's because I can see it as an actual vehicle in this movie. And it's something that, like, I remember, like, Mc, I think it was McDonald's. McDonald's went, ran, like, a campaign where you could, like, win a Batmobile. So I always wanted that shit. So I think that this is just, since I was a kid, this was the Batmobile for me. So I think that's just always going to be it. I just I read an article where somebody is getting their property sold because they got sent to prison. And they're selling the Batmobile. Like a, like an actual working functioning Batmobile, uh, Echo One from or Ecto One from Ghostbusters, and a DeLorean from Back to the Future. Are they also selling the Mach Five? No. Is it in Mansfield? I'm not sure. Or near I, that I, area. I'm the, I'm not sure. I read an article. I think it's it's in Ohio. So I think it's near Cleveland. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. There's a guy in – it's a little small town called – I think it's called Galleon, Ohio, uh, which is not too far away from Mansfield area. So a lot of times they just put it in there. Uh, and there's a dude that lives there, and he has the Mach 5 and then those other three vehicles that you need to do. So I wonder if it's that guy. 
the guy got caught embezzling like twenty five million, and then he got sent to prison. So they're 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 auctioning off all, all the stuff. Oh, is the is we, does it have to do with this the state house guy? The state? No, 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 no more embezzlement. Whatever. Anyway, how do I buy that? Where do I go? Uh, I'm, I'm actually I'm 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 looking at it right now. Um, U.S. Marshals are auctioning off a trio of vehicles. Uh, and it is there's a like they're limiting it to so many people. But yeah, there's a Batmobile. I'll send you guys the link. Uh, it's not it's not the one that you're that from the '89, but it's 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 pretty close. Um, I'm not. I, I don't think that I would be like, ah, well, I'm not going to get a Batmobile. You own, yeah, you're like, that. oh, I own a Batmobile. Like, I, don't, I think, like, if I had to do it, like, if I had to operate that shit Flintstone style, I would still buy that. There. I, 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 that I, I, sent you the, I sent you guys the link to like, take a look at it at a later time. Um, but uh, the Batmobile is a very iconic vehicle in in television movie history. Um, it could be one of the most iconic vehicles of all time. Uh, may, might even be the iconic vehicle of all time. Um, I love the Batmobile. I actually, somewhere in my house, in my I think in some of my items in my crawl space, I have a picture of me in the original '66 Batmobile uh, as a yeah. youngster. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's very iconic. Uh, I love the Batmobile as well. Um, but for me, I actually fell in love with the the batwing well, when i was a kid and it, it's probably because at that time i still wanted to be uh an air force pilot and uh not saying it's not saying it's the best not saying it's the, the most iconic that's why i precursored that but um i was like man that is so cool like it it looks like the bat symbol like and he flies up and he goes to the moon and like you see the bat symbol and he, it looks like a plane it's got missiles it looks super rad and i just i fell in love with that vehicle i don't know why but i did um and that's my favorite not saying it's the best not saying it's the most iconic but we're talking about favorite vehicles Right. Hey, I mean that's by all means, man. But if ever if we ever run into an, a situation where like you can take one of the vehicles, I'll gladly forfeit the Batwing to you so that I can take the Batmobile. I just want to cool. put that out there. That's fine, Vivian. You get st- stuck with like the Bat Cycle. Bat Cycle. Okay. Yeah, and you're riding, bitch. <laughs> You have the so, so Robin. You have the so Robin. The it's it's nuts to butts for you, big guy. Robin. <laughs> no, you get the sidecar that when it detaches, so you can go to the helicopter. Yeah, that <laughs> fucking like, part of that movie was so fucking stupid awesome. <laughs> we didn't mention that last week because we were we were on a tangent about other stupid things in that movie, but I was like, I got to throw that in there this week because I was like, what the fuck was the purpose of that? I'm trying to remember yeah, that. that so stupid. They were going to the airport again for the second time <laughs> to get in the Batcopter, and they're driving on the Bat Cycle. He like he detaches Robin, and they go in a, in two different directions, so one can get in one side and one can get in the other. Instead of like stopping the Bat Cycle and both of them getting out, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just wanted to, like, if there there was probably a bat cycle toy and they just wanted to show that there was a detachable sidecar and they wanted to sell it. Like, yeah. That's probably like the whole reason. Why they did. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Viv, what is, uh, what is your favorite? Uh, growing up, it was the, uh, the 90s cartoon Batmobile. Obviously, it is a uh, derivation or a, uh, uh, a rendition of the 89 Batmobile, but it's just the look of it, especially in the, the opening intro, um, which has this great kind of silhouette aesthetic and the music. And then you see the Batmobile just kind of roaring onto the screen. You're like, oh, so good. I used to draw that in class all the time, especially in math class. Uh, that explains a lot of my future. Um, and um, so anyway, so that was obviously, uh, like Jason said, it's easy to pick the Batmobile. But all of that changed for me with the Nolan movies. Uh, the Tumblr. Uh, I love the Tumblr. It does not fit into the aesthetics of the Batman before that Tim Burton had created. And I remember seeing the first image of the Tumblr. I was like, what the hell is this? That does not even jive with what the what the Batmobile should be. And then you see it actually function on the screen and the sound and the way it moves, that's when you kind of get the power of that machine. And you really can see, well, if, a, if, if somebody was actually going to be Batman and they actually was going to have a Batmobile, they want to have something that is going to be imposing and that is going to be able to basically go toe-to-toe with any other vehicle that's going to be out there. And the Tumblr does that. I, uh, Like you, Devlin, I had an opportunity to actually... Uh, I went to the Warner Brothers Studios and uh, they had the Tumblr and the Batpod. Those things in real life, when you stand next to them, they are imposing. They, they really are just these monstrous-looking things, um, especially the bat, uh, the bat pods, which, uh, by the way, that sequence when the bat pod breaks out of the Batmobile in the Dark Knight, still one of my favorite moments in movie history. I just, I was not expecting What is it called? The bat pod. It's called the bat pod? Yeah. Well, that's at least that's what they call. It. I don't think they call it in the movie, but they—that's what the audience call it. Weak sense. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. It just crushes out of the the tumbler, uh, and the bat pod sounds like something he washes the the bat suit in. Like, <laughs> it sounds like a thing that like bat pod challenge before they got all woke. Before who got woke? Gen Z. Gen Z. Well. Uh... Gen Z, yeah, that well, we'll see with the oh, that that reminds me. Have you guys uh, seen what the the next Batmobile looks like? Yeah, it kind of looks kind of sweet, actually. I was just looking at it. It's yeah, it looks like some type of '60s Charger or something. It looks like a modified '60s, like a yeah, like a like a old school like Charger or uh, yeah, it, something along those lines. Yeah, it's kind of badass. Steampunk Batmobile. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't that look is... like a steampunk Batmobile. It looks like a fucking muscle car Batmobile. Yeah, it's just a muscle car with some modifications on it. And I think that's what makes me super curious about the next iteration of Batman. Like, I feel like they're going super, like, 
DIY Batman. Like the Batman literally is just putting stuff together and and going and fighting crime. Like his his suit looks like it's all like the uh, emblem on his chest. It looks like it's uh, leftover pieces from uh, pieces of a gun that is welded together to be a bat symbol. So some are speculating that could be the gun that killed his parents. Who knows? Um, and so there's all this kind of things that are just essentially just put together and uh, completely different aesthetic from anything we've seen so far. So it could be super steampunk or it could just be uh, a Batman who is literally just putting everything together in his garage. Yeah, it's a really weird... It's a really... it's There's a lot of weirdness going on here, but I don't know. It could be fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, they, I think they just halted production again on that because of the whole COVID situation. So I think the rest of the shoot is going to actually happen indoors. They're going to build the sets instead of shooting it on location and then finish out the movie. That, that's the plan, that's I think. Funny. Yeah. That's, that's the exact opposite way of the way you should handle COVID-related things. Move everybody in close proximity indoors. <laughs> way, to go. way to go to Warner Brothers <clears throat> yeah well I, I'm, I'm guessing they did not want to have too many people close by so they wanted to control uh, how many people are going to be and it's kind of hard to do outdoors that's my guess alright <clears throat> anyway somehow we got to Patterson's Batman uh, and, the, and the Charger as the Batmobile anyway these things are going to keep changing so um Obviously, since uh, uh, the most impressionable age is when the Nolan Batman movies came out, so it makes sense that that is what kind of became my go-to signifiers of everything that is Batman. So, you know, if I if I had was a couple of years older, I I think it could have been maybe the '89 Batman, or it could be something else so it's just how it goes that's the way the cookie crumbles yes jim carrey that's the way the cookie crumbles i'm so one of my favorite things about being on this podcast is my ability to make movie references and people understand what the fuck i'm talking about (laughs) because i do that shit all the time at home and nothing not my kids or Skylin understand what the fuck I'm talking about ever. And I'm like, that was the greatest movie reference and it just fell on deaf ears and you don't understand or appreciate anything I care about. Yeah, that's when I feel like sad fleck because I do that too. I'll, 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 I'll movie code and it's just crickets. I'm like, okay, all right, moving yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, it happens to me at work. <laughs> so sad. I've, I've seen it happen. <laughs> so bad. Oof. All right. Okay. Has who has not gone yet? Oh, uh, we've Nobody. all gone. Oh, we've all okay. we've all talked about our favorite uh, Batman vehicle. Um, but I think we should yep. give we should give the lovely audience a preview of what we are watching next week. Well, um, we are going to be continuing our Batman journey or in this case, an anthology, because we are following the 89 Batman with the 1992 Batman Returns 
also directed by Tim Burton. Um, so you will have Michael Keaton returning as Batman. Uh, you will also have the introduction of Penguin, Catwoman. Who else? Uh, so you have Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. You have uh, Danny DeVito as Penguin. I feel like I'm missing a character. Was there somebody else also? Max Shrek. Oh. Played by Christopher Walken. How is it? You know a movie is gone gonzo when Christopher Walken is not the craziest part of the movie. <laughs> That's true. Well, no, I mean, you did say Danny DeVito is in the movie, and I don't know if you've seen uh, most of Danny DeVito's work, but that guy's nuts. Um, which is why so many people absolutely love and adore Danny DeVito because I just don't think that there's anything that he won't do. Well, I mean, yeah, he did marry Rita Perlman, so right? Huh? Wow. Well, I'm, uh, I'm <clears throat> definitely uh, looking forward to watching Batman Returns. I've seen super divided opinions on this movie. So it's either they completely can't stand this movie or they love this movie. And this is the favorite Batman. So I'm curious where I fall. I mean, it's the direction Burton was going. It's super dark. I, I mean, it, it it got darker than than. It's much darker than, than this one. Yeah, it, it it just I think that he was going down the path that maybe Nolan got a little bit with the darker characters, but the studio, you know, the movie studio we talked about last week, they they weren't wanting that type of movie. They wanted something kid friendly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. something that could they could sell toys and sell merchandise and all that stuff. And I went through it last week. And that's why Keaton or Keaton and Burton weren't brought back on because Keaton said that he would have, if Burton would have got the third one, he would have followed him to that one too. Um, but he, you know, of course Burton didn't get it, and then it uh, it got moved. You know, he got moved away from, and they and they picked up you know another actor. So yeah, it's a uh, because there's a there's such a drop off from this one to the next one, and that's what that's what really kills a lot of people. Even though I, I know me and Jason have talked about, we find you know from Returns to uh, Forever, we find Val Kilmer to be a very good version of Batman. So, I, it, like I said, it, it this one this one goes way different than than from the, even from just the regular bat the fir- the first eighty nine Batman to. To this one, it it goes in a completely different direction. Yeah, yeah I think I think the the thing is is like back. I think then they were afraid that they couldn't sell toys to this old like to, to dark Batman, but like Christopher Nolan's trilogy will pr- like proves that like you can hella move merchandise with as dark as it comes, as long as it's good. Yeah, you just have to. Yeah, and it's well, a tone. It was a different time too, guys. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, the times had changed. Like we we were living in a post nine eleven world when that shit came out. So even you know, fucking six, seven, and eight year olds had been had seen some shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it was a little bit different uh, time period. So, 
I guess to be fair, that's why you can. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure they at that time you could turn on the TV, not just news, but TV shows, and see some some pretty dark stuff on TV too. So it's that that's cakewalk. But in in 1992, 91, yeah, you're not going to see that much dark stuff on TV. And and this, I remember watching this as a kid and being like confused, not in the sense of like. It's Batman versus a villain, but like something, something, I'm not getting something here. And so I'm interested to watch this again. I haven't watched it in a while. So I'm interested Same. to watch yeah. this, this, this one too, because it, it I, I want to see, I want to go through the, the dark perspective in my head and, and see where Burton was going. So I'm really intrigued to, to if maybe I might like this one better than the 89 one, because I'm looking at it again through a movie reviewer's eyes now. So. I'm trying not to let my personal feelings about the movie go into uh, into that review. Right. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, it's, it's going to be super interesting watching this. Super excited. So pumped. Yes, Can't sir. Wait. Well, gentlemen, I believe it's that time. Jason, do the honors as you do every week, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to our show. We truly appreciate it. As we said, this was episode 43, which means we have this episode and 42 other normal episodes. And then our episode zero, which is kind of like our tragic origin story. So um, please check out uh, any of those episodes that appeals to you. I'm not saying that every one of those episodes... I just want to point out that our origin story is still better than episode 9 of of Star Wars. Yeah. No, well, yeah. Honestly, if you want to hear if you want to hear the three of us berate a movie, just tear it to shreds, which to me... Is the is when we're when we are destroying something together as the three of us. I to me, I feel like it's like when we're at our peak. So if you want to hear that, listen to us review Star Wars Episode Nine. Uh, to me, that is that is my favorite episode because it's such a treat. Uh, but anyway, uh, but anyway, you know, like <laughs> I said, check out those. Fuck Star Wars Episode Nine, Dev. You threw me off track. Now I'm on. That I episode. mean, I mean, I, I just said that, like you, you said it was, a, you know, it was our tragic, you know, origin story, and I just wanted to point out the fact that our origin story is still a better story told um, than the last episode of Star Wars. Like I'm saddened that I'm about to say this, but it might be true. Twilight might be a better story than fucking the last episode of Star Wars. Yeah, I've, I've 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 refused to watch Twilight for any reason. I had girlfriends, and no, I understand. That's, uh, I, I, I understand it. the the it's like it's like watching Steel Magnolias. I understand. I get it. Yeah, it's not like believe me, it was not like a voluntary thing. I was not. No, no, I, I understand. I've like it. I've I've literally it's been on the TV in houses that I've been in, and I've just left. Like I'm like I gotta go, yeah. guys. They're like, why? I'm like Goodbye. I'm not subjecting myself to this bullshit. Yeah, That's like, why I'm I've, super hoping that somewhere in the patents in Batman, he sparkles just a little bit, just a little bit. He sparkles. He, he, for the record, he truly hates that. But anyway, let's move on. Let's let's really end the show again. Let's go back to ending the show. Uh, 
like I said, we have all these episodes. Check them out. They're absolutely wonderful. Uh, I am not in any way saying that every single one of our episodes is going to be one that you like because if it's we're talking about a movie that you give no shits about, then you may not think that that's the best episode. So please uh, check out an episode that is a movie that you have seen or that you are interested in or that you like, but know that we have already seen it and are going to spoil the fuck out of it beforehand. So if it's something you haven't seen, please watch it beforehand if you desire to. Um, but anyway, we love doing this podcast so much. Uh, I can't believe we are only what, eight episodes away from finishing out our, our first year in podcasting. Uh, <clears throat> I know around basically a year ago at this point in time, we were, we were just uh, three dudes shooting the shit about the idea of possibly doing a podcast together. Um, so to, to be where we're at now, uh, a year later is just amazing to me. So I, from the bottom of my heart, thank each and every one of you. And I know I speak for the rest of us when I say like, we truly appreciate everyone who tunes in every week um, to listen to the show because we wouldn't, it would be nothing but a weird phone call that we make every week uh, if it wasn't for you guys. So I mean, it's still a weird phone call. Yeah, but I love it though. Like it's the best weird phone call. <clears throat> it's but, the phone call like, I go to every week. It is like, you know what I mean? It's like I like the like fact that my weekly animation at least once a week. What's that? Fair. I like the, I like I like the fact that I get to call Vivian a bitch at least once a week, and then I can make him feel uncomfortable by talking about my you know uh, my surgery that I'm going to have. So yes. I get my weekly dose of uh, Devlin just being super weird. Ne- no, I needle you and then like, make you feel uncomfortable, <laughs> so it's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. But again, we appreciate it. We appreciate everything, every single one of you tuning in and listening to us, hearing us uh, give our opinions and bitch and complain about different things in movies. Um, it's honestly truly a luxury that we get to do this like uh, at all. So super appreciate you guys um, here on this show. If this is your first time listening, um, then you won't know what I'm about to say, but if you're a, a long time listener, then you definitely know where I'm headed um, on this show. We like to express our love in a very different way. Uh, and we mean this with the most love uh, that we could ever possibly muster. So from all of us here and Know Your Cinema, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, go shit yourself. I mean, Viv, yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. Nah, go fuck yourself. Viv, are, you are we going to come out of you today or am I going to have to like needle you a little bit more? No, can I just get a can I get one more go shit yourself? I'll never forget that fuck. I can't remember what episode that's in, but there's an episode where Vivian in full sincerity says go shit yourself as like a rebuttal to not saying go fuck yourself. So if you haven't heard that shit, seek that shit out because it is the best. <laughs> oh, there's also a time where I let like if you if you haven't heard it, this is your first episode. If you have not heard the episode where I convinced Vivian that they are remaking the Goonies, 
Please. <laughs> we, we, motherfucker. We. Okay, whatever. We <laughs> convinced Vivian that they are remaking the Goonies. That is probably the best thing that ever happened on this show. We, we got to no even say that. fuck really loud on the podcast. <laughs> it was like the first time he ever said it. But it was super ill, man. It was super off the cuff and funny. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, as you say it, I know it was a joke. It still gets me. I, uh, <laughs> I still kind of fidget in my seat a little bit, and uh, I, I get the shakes. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I know that you guys made a joke. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. I just had to remind <laughs> myself it's just a joke. Vivian's gonna yell, yell, yell at Beth. Be like, you know what those guys did to me tonight? Be like, they talked about them remaking the Goonies again. I'm all mad. <laughs> I'm so fucking mad right now. Why are you in such a pissy mood? Don't talk to me right now. I'm about to go drink some kale shakes and walk around the, the fucking cul-de-sac. <laughs> cul-de-sac. Leave me alone. Nice. Nicely, nicely done. Yeah, nicely done. Nicely done. You illustrated how much of a hipster Viv really is. And <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go get my skateboard and, and do, do some ollies. <laughs> no, I Viv, Viv, are you kidding me? Viv doesn't have a skateboard. If Viv had anything, it would be a longboard. Because it's not about it's not about it's not about what you can do on the board. It's the destination. I feel like maybe he has a razor scooter. Uh, that's the price. You take one of those. You take one of those motherfuckers to the Achilles, and you never the, you're never the same. Like your childhood, like when the first time that shit happens, your childhood it just hits a little different. You're like, <laughs> all right, we're picking on Viv too much. We're picking on Viv too much. No, no, that's it's it's all we're, in line. Trying to make. Have you gotten thicker skin, Viv? Have you gotten thicker skin? It's it's. I'm I'm drinking my daily kombucha. I'm 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 getting there. Yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. There's there's the old hipster we were looking for. Uh, oh, you know, it it really is a a such a such an opportunity and a pleasure to do this every week. So, thanks everybody. He lies. He's gonna go talk to Beth and be like, "Who's guys are making fun of me? Who's making fun of me again?" Uh, Hey, hey, I'm hey. Gonna have to field a message thing, from Beth. They thought I was Beth's fucking be around. Like, Guys, quit messing with my husband. Okay? Uh, He's sensitive. <laughs> First off, don't be reading my diary. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying Beth's going to message me on Facebook and be like, Guys, stop messing with Viv. He's sensitive. <laughs> He's a sensitive I'm soul. I'm going to respond with, Isn't that why you married him? Uh, He's a sensitive soul. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> By the way, Beth, if you're listening to this, hi. <laughs> hello, hello, Beth. Uh, I feel like she's a recurring character on the show now. Well, no, I, if I'm talking about Beth, I always got to give her the shout out. I was no, no, absolutely. I can't, I can't not talk about her and then not say hi to her. Well, so no, I know she's going to listen to the episode. No, she, yeah, she, she. If anybody, if anybody from your household is a recurring character, it's Arya, though. Or Vigo. Vigo always has a run in every once yes. in a while. No, but Arya is like the Joker. She'll just like pipe in out of nowhere. <laughs> I was going. I was All going right. to say more like low voiced Christian Bale. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it. Where's the fucking Adam West first. I'm just gonna point that out too. Uh, yeah, you know she did. Oh, what's so great is so I finally started playing um, 
Batman Arkham Asylum. And as soon as she saw that, she now recognizes Batman no matter what form he takes. He goes, oh, Batman, nice. Batman. I, I have a, a shirt with the bat symbol on it. As soon as she sees it, Batman, Batman. She, she's, nice. Yeah, so she's fully trained. I'm more intrigued on how you like that game so far. Uh, really good. It's uh, well, this okay. is this is actually I, I haven't I this was the only one that was available that was the cheapest. It was uh, mm. Batman. Um, it's the fourth one, so it's the one oh. where you get the Batmobile. And okay. this is after. Well, I don't want to reveal what happens in the first three, but it, yeah. Does it return to Arkham? Is that what it is? Uh, it's where Scarecrow takes over the city. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's really nice. Awesome. Called like Gotham Knight. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. I mean. Really good. They got all the mechanics well, correct. If you like that one, then you're going to like the rest of them way more because everyone that I know says that game is trash. Really? So, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the reason why they don't make them anymore. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll have to go back and play the original. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah, that's, well, the, that's the Batman and Robin of that series. Ooh. Ooh. Really? That's a death note. That's a death note. And on that note, gentlemen, I think it's time to take this one home. (laughs) All right. I guess we'll see everybody next week on Batman Returns. Yes. Batman Returns. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.